There's a new sparkling water beverage from the makers of Bubbly, Bubbly Burst. It's bursting with fruit flavor, no added sugar, and all smiles. Bubbly comes in a variety of six fun flavors that taste incredible. And with no added sugar and low calories, there's a lot to smile about. I don't know about you, Matt, but it's my perfect beverage for catching up on my favorite shows with. Yes, Lil Bowen. Bubbly Burst has antioxidant and immune support, keeping me feeling great all day long. You deserve that. Try new Bubbly Burst. Hacks is back for season three, and so is the official Hacks podcast. In each episode, Hacks creators Lucia and Yellow, Paul W. Downs, and Jen Statsky speak with cast and crew members to unpack the Emmy-winning comedy series. You'll hear Hannah Einbinder and Gene Smart speak to their on-screen dynamic, along with stories from the show's writer's room, on-set antics, and creating the world that Deborah and Ava inhabit. Watch Hacks, streaming exclusively on Max, and listen to the official Hacks podcast on Max or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, I'm Matt. And I'm Bowen. And we want to introduce you to the new cantina menu at Taco Bell. Ooh! It's an all-new chicken menu with fresh new ingredients. Great as a lunchtime option. Taste for yourself. The slow-roasted chicken, mm. pico de gallo, oh. purple cabbage, Yummy. and new avocado verde salsa sauce. Okay! With new menu options like cantina chicken tacos, burrito, and quesadilla, there's something for everyone. With this new cantina chicken menu, the possibilities are endless. Try the new cantina Tina chicken menu at Taco Bell. Do you want to boost the economy like Taylor Swift? Do you want to run a business empire like Rihanna? Intuit is the financial platform that helps everyday people prosper. Intuit helps you take control of your finances through products like TurboTax, Credit Karma, QuickBooks, and MailChimp. Whether you're trying to manage your money or trying to run a business, Intuit gives you the confidence to take control of your finances so you can live your best life. Intuit has helped 100 million people live their best financial lives. Visit Intuit.com, I-N-T-U-I-T.com to start living yours. Let's get into it. Look, man. Where? Oh, I see. Wow. Bowen, look over there. Wow, is that Ooh, culture? Uh, yes. Oh my goodness. Oh, wow. Yeah. Las Culturistas. Ding dong. Las Culturistas calling. And it's yet another testament to shooting your shot in the DMs today. The arc of this is really beautiful. And the trajectory has yet to be finished. You know, like it's. We have a whole episode ahead of us with this person. And I mean, I've <sighs> been working myself up over this for a while now, ever since we got the confirmation. I, I have to ask the guest if she heard the episode or the snippet of us drafting a message in the DMs to send to her because it was sort of like getting ready to ask someone to prom. You know what I mean? It was like, I just, yeah. uh, I want to do it right. You know, I'm not the kind of person who's like, hey, do you mind reading this email? I don't have to like have someone do a pass at it. If it's coming from me. I want to say I'm not, but I am the kind of person who will read. If I'm nervous about an email or something I'm sending, I will sort of like casually read it out loud. So I'm not like asking like, hey, can you can I run this by you? But I will sort of like do it with the assumption that people will confirm or deny that it's couth. Babe, you got to kill the editor in your brain. You so do. You so do. Because otherwise, how are you going to? How are you going to put clay on the table? How are you going to make art, you know? How are you going to even put clay on the table, first of all? First of all. I want to just close a loop from last week. My ear is fixed, okay? I know everyone's concerned. 
My ear is fixed. I had what's called a myringotomy. I just explained it to our guest and then she left the chat. And I thought, <laughs> okay, I've lost the guest. I've, I've, I've grossed the guest out, but it was merely a technical issue. However, I won't explain it to you, the readers. You can just look up myringotomy and you can figure it myringotomy. out. Myringotomy. Was she in Romy Michelle? Yeah. So myringotomy played uh, Romy. Romy. Yeah. And they're talking about bringing it back. That's right. Joe and myringotomy. And myringotomy. I am so glad that you're feeling better, especially mm-hmm. because it's um you know we're I, I look we 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 had a mission beginning of this year to bring more musicians on the podcast because let's let's face it we uh-huh. love music here and we're popping the fuck off in terms of succeeding in that okay I would say so Matt do you remember seeing this person in concert do I remember seeing this person in concert I, I literally we went with the this is the thing about a Marin Morris show. All different people are there. You got your country yes. fans and the gays were out. Do you remember when we saw Colton Haynes? And I was like, that's Colton, Colton Haynes. Haynes was there. And he was oh there. Oh my God. And I sweetie. was like, sweet boy. Sweet boy. And I was looking around and I was like, Bowery Ballroom is out for Marin Morris and the gays are wearing their jackets. You know, the gays put on their good jackets for the Marin Morris show. The gays put on their good jackets for the Marin Morris show. Ryan Hurd had long hair at the time. You remember the chemistry? We- I remember the chemistry. I go, those two must, there must be something going on between those two. I was like, let me tell you something. That's two people that's going to get married. And our guest was wearing pre, like, before it was cool, pre, let's say, her name, Ariana Grande, mm-hmm. wore a, a an oversized hoodie and made it look fucking chic. It was like Heather Gray. It was like, it, it was really, really I think it was, bla- it was black. Well, I'm famously colorblind. I don't think, I think it was Heather Gray. Is this like a Mandela effect thing? Like Berenstein Bears, Berenstein Bears. Like it's two different realities, <laughs> two different it's memories. The, it, it's literally the dress. It's it's, the dress. it's it's black and gold or whatever the dress was. Remember the dress? Oh my God, that was cool. Oh sure. my God. Um, but anyway. I, I was with you during the dress. Yeah, and I remember I saw, I saw the dress as one thing and you saw the dress as another thing. And that's when we really knew the dress was going to pop off. It was going to pop off. And it did. And it did. We can't tell. We cannot talk about the dress. We can. We certainly cannot talk about the dress while while the guest is here because we could just keep going about the dress. And the thing about our guest is truly in the middle of sort of release of a lifetime because this new album, Humble Quest, is so great. And you're not going to believe this. Like this podcast, it's critically acclaimed. Okay. (laughs) Pitchfork is gagging. All the girls are gagging. I mean, it's just so good. And I've been a fan since obviously the album Hero and I think I, me- I remember she came to SNL were you there when she was at SNL? I, that, I was not working there at the time but I remember when she was the musical guest I was like I gotta tune in and, and did she, 80s she Mercedes iconic and we talk about 80s Mercedes on this show all the time about how it was a watershed moment but just to sort of run through the credits if you're living under a rock I mean just Grammy winner five time CMA winner five time ACM winner I mean just an incredible, incredible, not just country music, crossover artist. There's R&B influences in her music. There's pop. Also a member of the High Women. I mean, this is just like truly a get for Los Culturistas. I don't think that there's anyone better, TBH. TBH, no one better. We're so excited she's here. Please welcome... Man Man Morris! Oh my gosh. I wanted to chime in so many times in your introduction. Please. I... Cannot, I did not know that you guys were at the Bowery show. It was amazing. Really Because incredible. I distinctly remember that was my first like real time to headline a New York City show because that was the hero tour and we were in clubs. Yes. So doing the Bowery, 
I remember for the first time really getting to see my crowd. Yeah. Because I think it was one of the first shows of the tour. So I didn't know what my crowd looked like yet. I had only done, you know, radio and streaming. Yeah. So doing live performances is a different model. And so getting to see, like, you guys were in that, you were like the we guinea were. pigs. You were the we guinea were. pigs of the tour, Marin. But I remember there was this, like, gay guy in the crowd. Maybe it was one of you. Um, <laughs> some guy had perfectly choreographed an entire routine to my song, How It's Done. Yes. And, like, every word had a, a motion to go with it. it was wow. Like, Let, Let me show, show you, you how it's done. done. Oh, and my I was God. just gagged. And um, you, you, you probably didn't even know you were making music that could have choreo attached. <laughs> I didn't. No, I, I truly didn't at that point. Um, it, it was so fun. Don't. It was like, and also I was like blown away because the thing is like when you listen to your album, there's obviously so much like character in your voice and you have such a, you're such an incredible storyteller. I didn't know you had all these runs, like the dexterity in your voice. Like I, I we were looking at each other like, bitch is singing down. Like you really were like killing the vocals. Like I, I not that I didn't know that, but like your live singing is insane. Oh, thank you. I, uh, that's such a huge compliment. I, it's just tripping me out before even coming onto this show. Cause I, I'm a fan of both of y'all's, but uh. Matt, like I followed you years ago. Cause I remember, <laughs> I remember it was, I don't know if it's still up, it's but not. you did this parody of the lover track list. Did you take it down? I took it down. But Why? I, I, might, I might go back up just because, you know, it's like... You can only parody someone that well when you love them. You have a deep, like... Absolutely. Deep respect for their craft. But Matt, I think you might actually be a songwriter because the one that I showed Ryan, <laughs> we were on vacation and you made this whole track list up in your mind. I, I think yeah. maybe before the album was actually out. But it was the one where you're like, whoo, bitch. <laughs> Do you see her stretching around the town? She's, she's a, gay a gay diva. Cotton <laughs> candy dreams. Diva. Yeah, that was actually the opening track of my Lover parody album. And Called you know what? Woo, I, 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 woo, as, a result, as a result of this, I am going to put it back up because people did get into my DMs and they were like, where did it go? You have to put it back up. This is how I expose oh, people it, to it's you. It's your greatest hits. I mean, <laughs> I want to have access to them at all points, but... No, that was when I started following you because I was telling Ryan, I was like, this guy made an entire fake track list and is singing hooks that could, I mean, I don't know if I can say it, but if I'm quoting you. but Yeah, like you the, can say, the, you can say Fag Pals. Fag Pals was, <laughs> yes. I think the hardest we both laughed like all year was that. Oh my God. But I would be, oh my God, I would be honored if someone went out of their way to do an entire parody of my album track list. I mean, it was yeah. brilliant. As just a songwriter myself who is like in the public eye, I mean, oh my gosh, if someone did that good of, <laughs> I mean, I wouldn't even call it a read, but I mean, it was it was just perfection and your your melodies were just, I mean, top oh, notch. Oh, well, that's very kind. I'm partial to gay rights because I mean- <laughs> Sometimes wow, you give remember it, Marin. Wow, Marin, are you are you a, do you have phonographic memory, or do you do you do you kind of like have this like ear for just any little sound that you can replicate? Well, I've also listened to 
his version of this tracklist many, <laughs> many times. It's oh, it's not phonographic, but is that the one uh, featuring Ann Dowd? It's <laughs> <laughs> the one featuring Ann Dowd. Yes. Oh my god! Okay, wow. Yeah, sorry. To, I'm fangirling on that no, one. No, but here's but the thing: it's brilliant. like, is it sort of iconic that we get you on this podcast and you talk about my music? Yes, but I You're refuse. About fag pals? I, I refuse. <laughs> I refuse to continue. <laughs> All right, because sorry. I'll I'll stop. We're I'm done germing, but it was just oh my god, what a great what a great thing. That's taste. Though, that man. is taste. Peace. Thank you. Taste. I have to say, like I'm obviously a fan of all your albums, but this album, Humble Quest, like Bowen and I have been um, listening to it, and I just think, like lyrically, especially, this mm. is like your best. I mean, background music. When I heard it, I was like, this to me is the best song you've ever written. Like that. That's like. How do you feel in terms of like as a songwriter looking at your own work? Because I also I also sense in your lyrics that you're you're definitely a self-critic and hard on yourself, especially in like, you know, I can't love you anymore in Humble Quest. Like I can tell that you are someone that's self-critical. How are you feeling about like what you've done here? I think it's the only way I can like stomach doing such a self-indulgent job mm. is especially through like country storytelling is just to poke holes in the balloon Ooh. and just laugh because it's just, I mean, the last two years have been tough for everybody, but everything, especially in the touring industry, which is going to be, you know, fractured for a long time and is rebuilding. But I mean, it was just going on such a toxic path downward and mm-hmm. we were all so addicted to it and just kind of getting used to it always looking like that and now I think the only way I could have written this album is out of just having this sense of levity and knowing that you're not in control of anything (laughs) I can't believe you thought you were Mm. um you're not that cool take it down a notch I think like it was just humbling all around to be like I can't tour I had you know my son at the very beginning of COVID, I had, right. you know, an unplanned, you know, emergency C-section. There's there just all these things that were out of my grip. And, you know, I was like, God, I'm going to kill myself if I keep taking it this seriously. It's just not good for me. I don't think it's breeding the best art, the best mm. lyrics, the best honesty from me. And I'm kind of becoming a, a pill to be around. So I mm. think just all of it made me be like, you know what? I'm lucky to get to do this for a living and have people that buy tickets to my shows and listen to the records, but I cannot do this and treat myself the way I have been any longer if I want to have any longevity here. Mm. And so it just made me loosen my grip and start to laugh at things and just not take it so seriously in a time where everything was so serious. And yeah, yeah, I think it allowed me to maybe access even more vulnerable parts of me to to write on a page. That's really apparent, I think. And I think I've heard you say with this album that because touring wasn't like a prospect, you weren't sort of beholden to this deadline in terms of songwriting. And so was was it this journey that you had with not having touring as this like uh, thing in your future being terrifying, scary, throwing everything into question about you know, the way you work that eventually became something kind of liberating and that you were like, well, I can actually write from a place of like not worrying about when I get to perform this or how Mm. I do it or 
Like, was that, was, was, is it fair to say that that's like the arc of that? Yeah, it was kind of the first time in a very long time I didn't have a deadline to get anything yeah, turned in. Yeah. No one did. And I remember the first few months of people starting to write via Zoom. I mean, my husband was doing it and it just looked so depressing to try <sighs> to write a song through this screen and to not be able to connect with people on a vibrational level. I mean, just being yeah. in the room with someone trying to create sound is just so hard to do through a two-dimensional screen. Yeah. And so, yeah, for a, the first six months of quarantine, I was like, what is the point? Like, we, if we can't play these songs out live, like, does the world really need another song written today? And, mm. um, yeah, I think just eventually that bitterness wore away. And I was like, actually, maybe I should give, a, you know, give it a go because there's no, there's no pressure Sure. Once. And it was almost like when I made my first record, it was like you kind of like the old saying is you have your whole life to make your first record and you have five minutes to make your second one because uh-huh. like there's just no expectation on you in that first record. It's like you're just like shooting in the dark and yeah. you, you have no nothing to live up to yet. There's no bar set. So it's really freeing. And yeah, I think that it it was this was a lot more fun to make. Mm. than I would say my last record. Uh, just even though I love Girl and like the Bones ended up becoming this crazy Huge. thing yeah. that none of us could have foreseen. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think mentally I was in like the most healthy space, just touring constantly and yeah. making that record. But um you hear yeah, a lot this, of people say that about like when they're like when they're having a really huge moment. You do hear. I remember Kelly Clarkson. I'm a huge Kelly Clarkson stand, and I'm going to ask about Second Wind. Um, <laughs> but um, like she talks a lot about how when she was the, at her apex, like her I guess imperial phase pop stardom was when she was like felt like she was going to die every day. You know, it's it's really hard to manage that expectation, your own happiness, your schedule. And so it must be kind of cool to have the, literally nature and the universe say, you're slowing down. Yeah. 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 And I think it just ended up breeding better art. And I'm not even just talking about myself. I mean, I'm biased because I wrote it. But my friends that put records out during this time, I think mm-hmm. it was their best work. Mm. Because I don't know. It's just it, it kind of the, the silver lining of COVID was that at least on a creative level, I mean, we were just allowed to breathe for a second. Mm. And not tie our value or our worth to the applause and flowers that we get, and like like that that kind of immediate hit of attention that we right. all crave and desire and get addicted to. We didn't have that, so yeah. it really was like, do you love this? Do you mm. love this enough to keep doing it? And some of us said no, and some of us, you know, said yes and stuck in the ring. And I think that. A lot of my friends put out my favorite works of theirs during this time. Do you mind us asking who yeah, I want to we should who. check out? So Rustin Kelly is one of them. <laughs> yeah. His second record was so, I mean, both records are incredible, but, and also like, I don't know her, but I'm obsessed. And it brought me and a lot of people out of our COVID doldrums was like that Dua Lipa future nostalgia record. Oh, yes. Yes. It, yes. I always, I, especially now looking back, you really realize how important that album was. Yeah. And not that she made it, during the pandemic, but she was brave enough to like put it out during such an uncertain time and make like spin gold out of it. <laughs> like yeah, just truly. such a crazy chaotic window. And it ended up becoming one of her biggest 
records and, you know, most hits of her career. And it was just such a piece of, it's just such a sliver of sunlight in, in all of our worlds. That was one of my favorites of the last couple of years. I mean, just things that kept me inspired to to get back in the writing room, honestly. Yeah. I, I kind of have this jealousy over you or anyone keying into a way of working and writing without a deadline because I don't know if Matt, you agree with, agree with this, but if I don't have a deadline, it's, it's kind of not going to get done. I don't know. Yeah. It's harder. It's hard. It's harder. And so I, and so I, I think maybe part of it is like approaching it differently and going, well, this is actually the best case scenario in some way, like where I get to just do whatever I want rather than be like overwhelmed, daunted by this concept of, well, you're not like beholden to any timeline. So you get to like be as indecisive as a, like, like if it, if it brings out like the worst creative instincts in you in terms of being indecisive, then like that's what you have to overcome. But if you're already like in the pocket creatively, and this is not to say that you've always that like you don't have moments of like, you know, like figuring stuff out as you go. But like, I think that just speaks to you and your process that you get to just see that in a very clear way to go. I don't have a deadline. This means I can actually kind of write from a, a liberated place. Yeah. And listen, I I'm I kind of live in both worlds because I do need structure because mm. I'm not a very self-motivated person if I just have all the time in the world to write an album or a song even. Like I I do need some structure. Like I would be incredibly and I was a failure at homeschooling like in my senior year of high school because I just didn't even finish it because it was all online. I was like, "How oh, could get, you? I'll get I'll get to it next <laughs> week and I never did." So, uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, I ended up having to go to the three-week high school with all the, like, pregnant girls. Um, uh-huh. So that's, that's how cool. I finished. That was t- I felt like such a badass. I yeah. finished high school <laughs> in three weeks with all the with all the knocked-up girls. But, yeah, I, I do need some structure. <laughs> yeah, yeah, totally, totally. But, but, I mean, I think that what COVID and just those two years of— adapting taught all of us is that it was extremely imbalanced where it was like, you know, live to work, live to work, live to work. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. There's a new sparkling water beverage from the makers of bubbly bubbly bursts, refreshing bubbles, colorful bottles and playful smiles galore. Bubbly comes in a variety of six fun flavors that taste incredible and with no added sugar and low calories, there's a lot to smile about. Each sip adds a burst of fun to your day. I don't know about you, Matt, but it's my perfect beverage for catching up on all my favorite shows with. Yes, baby girl. And the resealable bottles makes them easy to take them on the go. Bubbly Burst has antioxidant and immune support too, keeping us feeling great all day long. Hey, try new Bubbly Burst. Snag a job is where America goes to hire with the deepest talent pool in hourly hiring. With access to over 6 million active hourly workers, Snag a Job is the all-in-one solution for hiring high-quality employees who can cover all your needs. On demand, tempt to hire part-time or full-time. You name the position. Warehouse worker, retail associate, grocery store clerk, fitness trainer, baker, stylist, bellhop, podcast producer. Yeah, Snag a Job's got a worker for that. With our easy-to-use platform, you're able to seamlessly post and fill available positions quickly with a dedicated customer support team to provide all the help you need along the way. Kind of nice knowing you have a talent pool like that in your own backyard, right? Snagajob is the partner you need to keep your business running smoothly. 
So visit snagajob.com or text snag to 242424 to talk to an expert. Snagajob.com, where America goes to hire. Hacks is back for season three, and so is the official Hacks podcast. In each episode, Hacks creators Lucia Agnello, Paul W. Downs, and Jen Stadsky speak with cast and crew members to unpack the Emmy-winning comedy series. You'll hear Hannah Einbinder and Jean Smart speak to their on-screen dynamic, along with Hacks writer and actor Pat Regan, on how their improv experience helped them when shooting scenes and what it was like writing scripts for specific actors. You'll also hear from crew members like the costume designers on what it was like creating the world that Deborah and Ava inhabit. Hear stories from the show's writer's room, on-set antics, and more. Watch Hacks streaming exclusively on Max and listen to the official Hacks podcast on Max or wherever you get your podcasts. Well, spring is in full bloom. Are your finances blooming too? With the Chime Secured Credit Builder Visa credit card, it's easy to start building credit with everyday purchases and regular on-time payments with no annual fees or interest. And if your credit scores grow, so could your opportunities for lower rates on loans, like for a car or a home. You know what I love about the Chime Credit Builder Visa credit card? What? There are no annual fees, interest, or credit checks to apply. Yes! You can use it everywhere Visa credit cards are accepted. Take back your finances. Build credit using your own money. Yeah. Did you know that with Chime Credit Builder that you can get paid up to two days early with direct deposit? I did. You can also overdraft up to $200 without fees with SpotMe when you set up a qualifying direct deposit. Just set up a qualifying direct deposit, sign up for SpotMe, and Chime will spot you up to your limit when you make a credit card purchase or cash withdrawal that exceeds your balance. With Chime's secure credit card, you can start improving your credit scores right away. Get started today at Chime.com forward slash culturistas that's chime.com forward slash culturistas chime feels like progress the chime credit builder visa credit card is issued by the Bancorp bank na or stride bank na members fdic spot me eligibility requirements and overdraft limits apply out of network atm withdrawal and otc advance fees may apply terms and conditions apply go to chime.com slash disclosures for details what I really, really like about this album too is it's like because especially following Girl and like you know the middle, which is like a like a psycho pop song that was like everywhere. It's we have the Humble Quest album now, and it you still make us feel like we're listening to you in a bar. You know what I mean? Like this could be an album that like really reads with like thirty people in a bar, like and everyone you know like applause after each song, like all <laughs> all sip it between our drinks. You know what I mean? Like it feels like it's an album for that atmosphere too. Not to say it couldn't be played in arenas, which Humble. Quest Tour 2020 is is happening, which is so exciting. But like, it feels intimate. And also, what I love is it's it's still. And what I love about your writing is the humor. Like tall guys, like truly dragging the short king phenomenon. And I know you say you love all types, <laughs> but it's just so funny. And like, I don't know. You're I. There's something that I think makes you quintessentially country too. Like, is the humor. And I, I don't know. Is that important to I, you? I had. Not until I put the record out, I learned what a short king was. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> I put tall guys out. It got released because the record was out at midnight. And then some tweet, I actually put it on Instagram it's because highest. it made me laugh so yeah. hard. But it was some guy that was talking about tall guys. And it just said, Marin Morris really said, fuck short kings. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, is that a, is that its own phenomenon? Like, I guess oh, so. Yeah. Short kings are pop having a real moment right now. But it's Short King's spring, and so it's time-bound. It's like, well, it, it, it implies it's going to end soon. Like, no shave November. Like, it's, exactly. it's seasonal. It's seasonal Short Kings. It's seasonal yeah. Short Kings. Tall tall guys are, are, are evergreen, you know? 
Yeah, unfortunately. They really always are because they're always going to be able to reach the top shelf. That's a good As line, maybe, for the New York show is like, <laughs> short king spring, but tall guys are evergreen. Oh, yeah, there you go. You'll get a pause Bowen, on that co-writer? One. Co-writer. <laughs> um, I agree with Matt. There's that There's that irreverence there. And like, and it's interesting that you were, you were saying earlier that like you are kind of, you know, not that you set out to do this, but like that you're, you are kind of poking holes in like the, and the balloon of it all of, of country music because I think I think Circles Around This Town is one of my favorite songs about like the process mm. like your writing anyone's writing process I don't think that gets sung like not enough people sing about their writing process and I know that sounds meta but there's this other meta layer with background music where you're like this is what I aspire my music to be mm. is to like be like either it's played in the background or it works in the foreground of something like that takes a lot of confidence, I think, as a songwriter to go. I'm actually very cool with my songs being played like as an undertone or ambiently. Yeah, and that song, well, background music specifically, because my husband and I are both songwriters and that's how we met, you know, nine years ago in Nashville. It's which is, so beautiful. We were paired so together on a co-write. But, oh, wow. you know, even though the song is very, you know, honest and it's a love song, it, it's talking about, you know, us being has-beens someday. <laughs> like, right. whether that is going to be true or not, like, we love to joke with each other, especially in the last few years. We're like, oh my God, like, these few number ones we've had under our belt. What if that's it? And what mm. if it's just us for the rest of this life? And I just decided to spin it into a love song with background music because I was like, I don't care. I don't mm. care if you get another number one song or you get this nomination or I get to go do this or what have you. It's like, I just don't think it adds any more specialness or value to our relationship yeah. as, you know, friends and we you know, have a son now. It's like, it just doesn't, it's not as valuable to put our worth in things like that. But we mm. do love to joke like, oh yeah, when I'm like playing in the casinos and I'm 90 years old and you have to like wheel me off stage because I'm never going <laughs> to retire like someday like that might actually be a very real concept and then even further than that when we're both dead like Mm -hmm. will these songs still be played like maybe that's our legacy it's not like our memories or even our kids kids it's like the work that we put in was it was it special was it timeless will it be played in a hundred years like you just don't know it's so specific and special. And just the line, not everybody gets to leave a souvenir. Like it's it's like acknowledging each other and like what you guys get to do together. And it's really it's specific to you guys, but it's it's like romantic and evocative for everyone. And when I heard that song, I remember it came out before the album and I just played it again and again because mm-hmm. I was like, I mean, Same. I've always been a, like a, such an admirer of your writing, but this was just like it was it was it's so great. I, it, it really it really it really moves me. Thank you. Yeah, I love it. Furthest thing, just another, just like sweet, mm, tender song. Like, and whatever. This is my like literal read on it, but it's like about distance and um, and yet still feeling this like closeness, this proximity, in spite of that. Like, I don't know. These are I I, I can't think of a lot of other songs that like touch on these things in the same like poetic sense that you kind of get to evoke out of them like it's really it just it's such a great album and like we're i think i I think we're just like gonna keep fawning over you for a little bit longer (laughs) but like it's just 
so good. Well, hit oh, rate, hit rate with sweet. hit rate with exposing Marin Morris to people is like a hundred. Always. Joel Kim Booster is a very close friend of ours. He's a comedian, and we were playing. Um, we were driving back from Palm Springs, and I played him Hero, and he by the end was a stan. Like, and uh, our friend, our friend Sudi just reached out to us and was uh, to text me and was like, "I love Marin Morris." I was like, "Where have you been?" And then I realized, like, you know, it's just I don't know. I feel like as more people hear it, and already so many have, obviously. That thing that you said is going to be true. It, that music lasts because it oh. really is. Well, thank you. I, I'm always, and it's not false humility. I, I think because country music in so mm-hmm. many ways, and you know, I've been able to tour, you know, all over the States, all over the world, South America, Europe, what have you. But in a lot of ways, country music is still very niche yeah. Yeah. to people. So it doesn't shock me that you're saying that someone was like probably not going to listen to this on their own accord. You had to be the one to tell them, no, actually go check it out. Yeah. And then they do. Mm. And it's like, I, I, you know, having done songs like The Middle and, you know, been in The High Women and, you know, just having, you know, my own solo success, I feel like just my music has always been genreless even though I yeah. do think it sits in country music comfortably I I think that I'm happy to be the gateway drug for yeah. anyone that would turn their nose up at country music to be like wait a sec I actually might might like this yeah, um, for it's sure. such a huge compliment because it it transcends genre lines in such a, a powerful way which it should yeah. And another thing about you, which I think is really, really cool and really important is you are sort of like a huge voice for gender and racial equity in country music and at large. Like, I just think that like you stepping out, especially like sort of as, you know, I think probably one of the muse- women in country music that gets played on the radio the most. And I know I've heard a lot of people speaking out about like, y- you need to play women on country music, like, et cetera. And you are played. And for you to be like, people need to be listening to Mickey Guyton. Like, people need to be listening to all these people. And then to see her embrace, like, I was bummed to see her lose the Grammy a couple weeks ago. But like, you know, it- it's just really cool to see. And I think that's, it's it's important. And I wonder, that must have been like, it, maybe it wasn't difficult for you to come out and say that. Well, I don't I don't know if everyone... This is a very hard industry, and yeah. I, I feel like the music business is a lot of times more business than music, and not mm. everyone gets to sign up for this and say, I'm going to also be this activist. But I don't think it's activism. I think it's... Even if you are played, and you're one of the few that got chosen to be played on the radio like sticking your neck out and not counting your dollars is how I'd like to go out. Like I just, yeah. I, yeah. I don't know. I don't, it's so, it's so finite, isn't it? Like you don't know how much time you get here. You don't know. We call it like a 10 year town. Mm-hmm. Maybe I get like a 10 year run of doing this. Who knows? But I'm going to pretend like this could all be burnt to the ground in a year. Yeah. And uh, maybe it'll, uh, I'll be the one with the matches. But I feel like <laughs> it's, it's just so stupid to like keep your mouth shut about things that just visibly make you uncomfortable. Yep. Like physically make you ill. Just yeah. like say something. So it's right. my job as the person with the platform to be like, I have to make this a safer environment for everybody. Like yeah. right. n- not just women, like people of color, LGBTQ, like all, all mm-hmm. perspectives mm-hmm. to feel like they can be housed here and be safe for two hours. 
Yeah. But that's just like that's just like push pull of like being specific. Like I'm sure you write songs in a way that is meant to relate to other people's experiences, but then it's also it it should be personal. It has to be personal. Um, and this is just something that a lot of artists do. But I think especially in country where you kind of it seems for whatever reason more conscious that you go, let me really like put a mold on like how I want um, my music to be received. Let me really be specific and yet also on some level universal with so many things. I feel like, you know, I always, always not to generalize, but I always end up liking country musicians in the way that they work because, because, because there is this like super structure for better, or for worse in terms of like how country music is run in terms of like the songwriting and in terms of like who gets, you know, paired together or, or whatever, you know, I feel like there, there's something nice about that. And yet there's also something that you kind of have to destabilize just a little bit in order to make it feel like fresh and new or different. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah, no, totally. And I was just thinking like in my genre that I am at home in, I look at, you know, it's kind of already beating the odds to, to get any radio play or yeah. just anything is always yeah. kind of attached to me also being a, a female, mm-hmm. like, oh, she broke this record, but she's the only female to have done it. Like, she's not right. quite in the, the echelon right. with the boys. Right, right, but, um, But then I look at, like, the things that I get to do because I have made my way of thinking known. Mm-hmm. It's like, like, doing the high women, like, being one of the few, like, country bumpkins that gets to do SNL as yeah. a musical guest. Like, that was such a moment, like working with like John Mayer and Elton John and like Taylor and like just all of the things I've gotten to do. Zed, like it's it's just been crazy. Like the things that I get asked to to be a part of, not just because like I'm country as a genre, but because like maybe they heard a song of mine or my album, but they also like saw me give an interview in Playboy. Yeah, and, like, yeah. There's just these things that like are kind of outside of the scope that, you know, I've taken risks on and even like doing, not that this is yes, a risk, no, but no, like, truly. but even getting asked to do this and like We're having so many, everyone on this. <laughs> yeah. Right. And why would you want to? It's like such a, an amazing, like y'all's conversations on here are so elevated and so funny. And I had so many people reach out to me when you guys, like I saw your Uh-oh. DM, Matt, but I it was I think it was before the episode aired maybe, but uh-huh. I had so many people like the night um, my album came out or maybe it was uh-huh. the next night saying Las Culturistas, they, they talk about constructing their DM to you. And uh, I was like, well, I immediately responded and you said really I would did. love to. Oh. But the thing is like, I don't know. I, I I think especially at the time when you when you did DM me after the Taylor thing, I was like, I literally was shook because you you really were in my like top rotation. Like ever, ever since I found you, like you really are one of my favorites. And then I, I told mm. everybody. And then what the second everyone listened to your album, like all my friends wanted to go to your show. And then we did and had the best time and we're bigger fans then. So just know that like you've impacted us immeasurably in terms of us enjoying your music and like what you do and how you do it. So Aww. just can't say <laughs> enough. <laughs> There's a new sparkling water beverage from the makers of Bubbly 
bubbly burst. Refreshing bubbles, colorful bottles, and playful smiles galore. Bubbly comes in a variety of six fun flavors that taste incredible, and with no added sugar and low calories, there's a lot to smile about. Each sip adds a burst of fun to your day. I don't know about you, Matt, but it's my perfect beverage for catching up on all my favorite shows with. Yes, baby girl. And the resealable bottles makes them easy to take them on the go. Bubbly Burst has antioxidant and immune support, too, keeping us feeling great all day long. Hey, try new Bubbly Burst. Snag a job is where America goes to hire with the deepest talent pool in hourly hiring. With access to over 6 million active hourly workers, Snag a Job is the all-in-one solution for hiring high-quality employees who can cover all your needs. On demand, temp to hire, part-time or full-time. You name the position. Warehouse worker, retail associate, grocery store clerk, fitness trainer, baker, stylist, bellhop, podcast producer. Yeah, Snag a Job's got a worker for that. With our easy-to-use platform, you're able to seamlessly post and fill available positions quickly with a dedicated customer support team to provide all the help you need along the way. Kind of nice knowing you have a talent pool like that in your own backyard, right? Snagajob is the partner you need to keep your business running smoothly. So visit snagajob.com or text snag to 242424 to talk to an expert. Snagajob.com, where America goes to hire. Hacks is back for season three, and so is the official Hacks podcast. In each episode, Hacks creators Lucia Agnello, Paul W. Downs, and Jen Stadsky speak with cast and crew members to unpack the Emmy-winning comedy series. You'll hear Hannah Einbinder and Gene Smart speak to their on-screen dynamic, along with Hacks writer and actor Pat Regan, on how their improv experience helped them when shooting scenes and what it was like writing scripts for specific actors. You'll also hear from crew members like the costume designers on what it was like creating the world that Deborah and Ava inhabit. Hear stories from the show's writer's room, on-set antics, and more. Watch Hacks streaming exclusively on Max and listen to the official Hacks podcast on Max or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, it's Bowen, and I want to introduce you to the new Cantina Chicken Menu at Taco Bell. Yes, it's an all-new chicken menu with fresh new ingredients, great as a lunchtime option. Taste for yourself the slow-roasted chicken, pico de gallo, purple cabbage, and new avocado verde salsa sauce. With new menu options like Cantina Chicken Tacos, Burritos, and Quesadillas, there's something for everyone. And Taco Bell isn't just for a late night. With this new Cantina Chicken Menu, you, the possibilities are, well, endless. Try the new Cantina Chicken Menu at Taco Bell now. Now, I said. We want to ask you the question. Isn't that right, Bo? It's, that's this so is the right, question. Yeah. Okay. Bo and ask it. Marin, what is the culture that made you say culture is for me? This is a formative piece of pop culture. It could be a movie, a TV show, an album, or it could be like the town you grew up in. It could be like the school you went to. It can be, it's a pretty broad yeah. question user's with, choice. A, with broad answers. It's, it's Yeah, it's really user's <laughs> choice. <laughs> okay. Uh, there's a few, but I feel like um, the movie Steel Magnolias oh, wow. was the movie, because my mom's a hairdresser and still mm-hmm. is. Mine too. Oh my God. So yeah. I grew, I basically like my sister and I, we grew up in her salon and we would get to like style the mannequin heads. And, ah. you know, that was my first real job was like being a receptionist for her salon. But mm. um, watching the movie Steel Magnolias as a kid, I only knew Dolly Parton as Truvy. I didn't know she was Dolly Parton, the country music star. Oh, wow. I just thought she was the an actress. 
<laughs> and then through a movie about Southern hair uh-huh. and diabetes, um, <laughs> I found Dolly Parton. Yeah. And her golden light of songwriting and feminism and just all the things that she has done over the last like 30, 40 years, um, writing the most beautiful songs in history, but also such a diversified human. Like she theme has, parks. She has a theme park. <laughs> Who else can say that? No one. Uh, no one. So I just was, <laughs> I think that was what made me think, okay, wow, country music is fucking cool. Yeah. If they have her at the at the helm. And then also, not that I've like done any movies or anything like that, but I was like, she got so much shit in the 70s for going pop. Crossing right. over, yes. Yeah, and there's this amazing, very passive-aggressive interview with Barbara Walters that's iconic with Dolly. Barbara Walters did passive-aggressive like no one else. Sexually rule of culture number 103. Barbara, Barbara Walters, Walters did, did passive-aggressive passive like, no, like no one else. I know yeah. exactly the interview you're talking about. Mm. And Dolly is clearly like a little uncomfortable, a little annoyed throughout the whole thing. Kind of like, but so poised, so poised, sweetly laughing off like all these condescending fucking questions. And then, and then what was what was the answer that you were going to talk about? Well, I mean, I can't remember specifically what Barbara asks her, but it was just like, she's, what do you she's think? About, she's, she's talking about like bringing country to like a like a, a wider audience, basically, right? She's yeah, like, she's like, what do you think about like the people, the fans of your own genre that you know made you? Like, are you biting the hand that feeds you by going mm-hmm. pop? And she was like, I'm always going to be country music. Dolly is country, but mm-hmm. I want to bring Dolly to the world. Yeah, that's and it. Yeah. I was just floored and I still go back and watch that every few months because I feel like in my own way and not in any way, shape or form comparing myself to Dolly, but having, you know, worked with her and also just come up in this genre and have done many different kinds of projects over the years. I just always think about, I'm just trying to bring me to the world. Like Mm. I don't, I'm not beholden to, I'm not going to be shackled to anything against my will. I'm going to stay, have a foot here because I love it and I respect it and it made me the songwriter I am today, but I'm I'm not going to be beholden to it. Like, Mm-mm. it's only going to cap my creativity, my mm-hmm. my honesty, mm-hmm. my worth. And so, yeah, I, I think that's what, like that movie, weirdly, Steel Magnolias made me just, I mean, for, it's iconic for hundreds of reasons. I mean, hundreds of reasons. Shirley MacLaine, Olympia Dukakis alone. I, yeah. But yeah, it, it kind of opened me up to country music in a way that I I didn't find it just through music. I found it through this this film from the 80s. Uh, yeah. It's, and it's really, really iconic. A drink your juice, Shelby, of course, a line <laughs> for the history of time. I, it's just so funny you say this. I watched 9 to 5 on the plane last night. Ugh. Uh, this was meant to be. I had never seen it before, but I'm, I do this other podcast for HBO Max, and we have we're talking about nine to five, and I had never seen it, and I watched it, and she really is like she's great on screen. Oh yeah, I and the my favorite thing, and it's so her is the way that she wrote the song nine to five for that film, and mm-hmm. I can't believe it didn't win the Oscar. Like that song Isn't nine that to five crazy? did not win, but yeah. it was nominated. But the reason I don't know if it was like the typewriter or it was like her acrylic nails. She was like doing this one day uh-huh. in her trailer where she was like, yes, out of bed yeah. and I still went to the kitchen. And like, she did it with her freaking fake nails. <sighs> yes. Wrote a song. That's Iconic. so, so legendary. 
Is yeah. there is there like a, a legend that like um, I think when they were when they were bringing it to Broadway or something, she like went to New York, flew to New York, thought that she had to like write the entire show and present the entire show, like all the songs in the show to the producers the next day. So she stayed up and wrote basically the entire show for the musical I've, version I've of Nine to Five and then showed up the next day and like the producers were like floored that she brought like a completed A score. Work, a, yeah. a yeah. full score, all the songs, all the written, all the lyrics basically written out and like the music arranged. And they were like, you didn't have to do all that. Like, <laughs> From the yeah. jump, you know, like that's just Dolly. Even the film Nine to Five, she says, like in one of her interviews that's older, she talks about showing up day one on set with like Jane Fonda, Lily Tomlin. She had never been in a film before, so Dolly thought it was customary to just learn the entire script, uh, not uh, just her lines. Uh, she literally knew every person in the film's lines, including her own, and they were like, "Oh no, no, no. you, you uh, just need to know yours." <laughs> For just in case if someone needs help on set. Yeah. That is that yeah. seems very her essence too. Yeah. Yeah, it does. Yeah, just overachiever. Like, there's something like I have to go back to this all the time. Like, it's about the work. And not to be like mm-hmm. not mm-hmm. not even in like a capitalist sense, but in the sense of like, you should be you should like there should be a relationship with the work that you feel like you're enjoying it. That there's like a craftsmanship in it, you know, that like you're getting in there and like getting your hands dirty. I'm sure you relate to this on some level with songwriting. I mean, Matt and I relate to this in terms of like writing like anything comedic or anything um, in that vein. But it's like Dolly like always reminds me of that. Always. It's always Dolly that I'm like in a a field that I have nothing to do with in music, but I like can look to and go, wow, that is like aspirational in so many ways. Yeah. Agreed. What was what was the experience of meeting her like? I'm sure she adores you. Like and what what's your what's the relationship there and what was it like meeting her? I mean, I will say she was extremely punctual. <laughs> like she was always on time. So the <laughs> high women, the high women and I were playing uh, Newport Folk Festival in 2019, and the high women are myself, Brandy Carlisle, mm. Natalie Hemby, and Amanda Shires. And mm. I had never played Newport Folk Festival, but it's like this legendary folk festival where you know, Bob Dylan went electric and, mm-hmm. you know, Chris Christopherson and Johnny Cash met backstage. Like it's just, and Joni Mitchell played and James Taylor. It's just like a really iconic festival. And Dolly in all of her decades of just being an icon had never played it. And so wow. as a surprise, the high women were going to be closing out the festival and it's sunset on Sunday, last day of the festival, you're overlooking like the Harbor and we get to introduce Dolly. Dolly Parton. And the place just went apeshit. Uh-huh. I mean, she came out in this yellow, of course, it's like archival um, nudie suit that has like wagon wheels all over it. I think from her days of working with like Porter Wagner. And uh. she's so tiny, but we had done rehearsals with her in Nashville the week prior. So just like, it still gives me chills, but we were working and rehearsing with her at RCA Studios um, in Studio A, that room, and it's the big room, and that's where she recorded I Will Always Love You and wow. Jolene. Wow. And I don't think, if I recall what she said, she said she had not been back in that room since wow. she recorded those songs. Whoa. So, rec- like, rehearsing with her in that room was just, I mean, it could all end tomorrow, and I'll <laughs> yeah. be able to say that I was in the room with her that day. But she's just so lovely, 
she, I mean, she, she definitely like likes a swear word. I um, love that though. Lo- I love uh, I love when I find out that someone is a secret potty mouth. Yeah, I love it. Yeah, and <laughs> I mean, she she's just such a like I don't know, but it's one of those people whether they truly remember you or not, they made you feel like they did. Yeah, and so I don't even care to know if she did or not I was like she makes you feel so special and she lives up to such an impossibly high reputation right and expectation and she exceeds it so I just there there aren't enough glowing things I could say about her but she's she's dolly not to get too like existential but there is something so crazy about like you being in that room with her and her having some like hugely impactful effect on your life that you would end up in that room. Does that make sense? That, like, you're like kind looking of the, back. Looking back, that, like, well, that, that, like, she's kind of the, you know, she's part of the reason why you are there with her. That she's she's part of the reason why you do what you do. Is that fair to say that, like, part of your artistry as a country musician has is, is very tied to, like, the way you admired her growing up? Oh, yeah. I mean, just, I can't step for step like model my career after somebody's, but if I had to, it would be her. Mm-hmm. And, you know, to this day, I mean, in such, I mean, it's still very male dominated, you know, Nashville country music, but in a time where it was especially taboo to even talk about it, she was charming and disarming her way through these like corporate suits and making mm-hmm. everyone love her. Like, I'm sorry. I, I think I have a pretty good sense of humor. I cannot be as funny or quick as her. Um, like it's just she's not, an icon. It's not my superpower, but yeah, it's just <laughs> crazy to to kind of have all these you know ends tied up for me and like getting that chance with her and yeah. just I don't know, like for a few hours, getting to soak her in was mm-hmm. just something that like I don't think. You know, six-year-old me watching Steel Magnolias would have ever fathomed, but right. sure. it, was, it, was, it was one for the books. I will say I am excited for your theme park, though. <laughs> <laughs> I'm excited for your theme park, like a, the Bones Haunted House. Like, a, Wait, like, what I was your surgery called? It was called a Miringotomy. Miringotomy. What if it was like Miringotomy? Yeah. Ah! That's actually title. That'll be that. the T-shirt. When That's they leave. actually Marin got to me is the Marin title. Got of that to me is the Marin title. Of that. But like, you could be selling like a Coca Cola on a Christmas day. Wait, can I ask about <sighs> that? Is that a thing? Is Coca Cola on a Christmas day a thing? Because I had never heard. It felt so vivid. Yeah, Bowen was like, "Well, what? Yeah." Well, no, I remember. Like, I was. It was Christmas. <laughs> it was Christmas Day, 2016, and I think I went to Marin's Instagram. <laughs> and she had posted a picture like under a Christmas tree holding like a green b- can of Coke, which was like the, the like real sugar. sugar, real sugar, which is like Coca-Cola on a Christmas day. And I was like, well, now I want a fucking Coca-Cola. And it's <laughs> I know. Christmas I was, we day. were influenced. I was like oh truly influenced. I have written so many things and songs that I have to like. Live with? You know, I, live with. <laughs> the Coca-Cola on a Christmas day, that literally was just like me and my co-writers trying to think of a bunch of alliteration. But yeah. I mean, it ain't but now bad. It's a thing. No, well, it's I mean, good. it's like, oh, you give your, on Halloween, you give yourself a swirly. Like it wasn't like quite that um, <laughs> totally. intense. But the other one was like 80s Mercedes. Everyone asked me like, did you finally go buy one? 
And <laughs> I was like, no, um, I didn't. But I mean, someday I will. If I end up being like rich enough of to be like the Jay Leno of car collectors or Jerry Seinfeld, like yeah. maybe I'll, I'll get one, like a nice one that I'll soup up. But totally. 80s Mercedes is your, so Dolly Parton's, Dollywood has Thunderhead. As like mm-hmm. iconic wooden roller coaster, yours is 80s Mercedes. 80s Mercedes. It's oh. very clear. You, you're branding the theme park already. I hope oh you know. Oh my God. You're helping me. And Arlington, Ar- Arlington needs a theme park because I don't know how Six Flags is doing. Uh-oh. <laughs> I don't know how Six Flags Over Texas is doing. We need Marion Morris to theme save the theme park Wait, industry in Texas. There? No, but I've been to Six Flags like all over. I was like a roller coaster kid growing up. Like I loved theme parks. <laughs> like it's like very much my thing. You laughing at me drag me uh, <laughs> um but like i just heard you know six flags is not exactly thriving so i'm just saying sure we Maringotomy. need you i just have to quickly tell you uh in person quote unquote that um the interval between hard to get like there's there's something about like hard to get like that interval is like demonically amazing like there's something <laughs> so like powerful in the way that like your voice goes from that note to the other note and i it immediately like lights up my fucking ass yeah it explodes like, you into the chorus you, it explodes you into the chorus and the, like and the, i don't know it's just I, I remember <laughs> and this not 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 to bring the mood down but i remember election day 2016 i was like mm. okay here we go today's the day and i was blasting hero and specifically <laughs> 80s Mercedes. I was like, all right, like let's like get pumped, blasting 80s Mercedes. And then of course the night turned out the way it did. But I was just like, I remember one of the memories I have of that night is blasting 80s Mercedes on my way to like watch the returns come in. And yeah. then um it's it's an emotional, I have an emotional tie to that song in a way that is very specific to me, and I will always it started it. As and then an Hillary 80- lost yeah. and on the way back to your house, <laughs> you were like, blasting I like once. I was blasting once. Yeah, yeah. Second yeah. win. Yeah. Second, second win. win. Okay, wait. Quickly before I ask you about housewives and then we do I don't think so, honey. Second oh my god. Wind. Yes, All I right. have so many things on okay. All right. <laughs> second wind, you write, and this is like when you were like songwriting pretty much down, and then Kelly Clarkson wants it. How the fuck do you feel at that point? Oh, oh my God. I was just clawing at the bit to get anybody to record my songs. So when they said that Kelly had even heard it, yeah. like it had reached her eardrums, I was like, <laughs> that was so rare for a Nashville songwriter to even have a pop star hearing a nobody's songs. Yeah. And uh, I mean, even, even, and I love her, even though it ended up as a bonus track, I will forever get to say that she recorded my song. And then, she, like, I've met her since, and she has said, like, she has said, She a, loves like, you. I yeah. love her. Yeah. And I want to go on her show, and I want us to, like, sing Second Wind together. Yes. Oh, you really, that would be really good. Yeah, she's she's amazing, and she's another, like, Texas hometown queen of mine. But, yeah, I mean, no, I was just floored. And the thing about Kelly Clarkson is, you know she's not going to fuck it up. No, no. She's going to... Elevate it. Mm. There's um, I will say she, she did that piece by piece remix album, and I think the second win it's a cheat codes remix. Mm-hmm. Have, you heard, have you have you heard it, Marin? I probably have at one point, but not in a few years. Give it give it another. Your spin, bank account's heard okay. it. Okay, the bank account's <laughs> heard it for sure. But um, but it's 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 a solid. It's a I think it's the best remix on that sort of release. But it's okay. like, that's when I knew I was, that's that's why the middle didn't surprise me at all. Because I was like, oh, this works. Like the songwriting here, the melodies here work perfectly with like an electro pop song. 
like EDM. I, love it. I was just like, the, I'm gonna go listen to it after this. I need yes. a refresh. Yes. Okay. It's, it's excellent. Aww. It's excellent. Anyway. Wait, you were saying Real Housewives because I was just listening to your Garcelle episode, who I love. She was so great. Love Garcelle. So I was asked to guest host um, Jimmy Kimmel last (laughs) summer. This is iconic (gasps) that you you had Sutton on. I was like, yes, Sutton Stratton. Who I also love. (laughs) Yeah, she's a Sutton like us. No, I, okay. But Garcelle was unavailable that day. And we were, (sighs) I didn't realize like with those late night shows, they book people up to sometimes the day. Yeah. yeah. And like mm-hmm. Kyle Kyle was unavailable. Garcelle was unavailable. They were all out of town. And Sutton I was like, was. Sutton better be available. Because you didn't want to have Erica come in there. No. And um, I have so many, I have so many housewife stories and I've been on like Watch What Happens Live, which also you did an yeah. amazing job, Matt. So Thank good. you so we much. Have, we haven't <laughs> talked about this. Matt was so fucking good. That's like pinnacle right yeah. there. Oh, is getting it was, to it do was that the one. Peak. It was the peak. And I was on with um, Karen Huger, which was oh like iconic for me. And she's so nice. And speaking of tall guys, I met Andy Cohen and he yeah. goes, you're so tall. He didn't realize I was going to be tall. I was, he, I was like, did you think I was going to be a twink? And he just gave me a hug. A twink? <laughs> I mean, I don't know. Yeah, I, But no, I, I... And you always... It's so lucky when you get on with someone that you actually want to talk to. Yeah. Who, who were you on with? So I've done it a handful of times. The second time was Zoom. And that was with Dorit. And she was lovely. Dorit. The first time was with... Uh, was in person. And this was when my girl album came out. But that was with Teddy. And oh, I need to get back on there. But I met Kyle and her whole family. They came to my show in Aspen last fall at this like wow. jazz festival. Incredible. And I love she's Kyle. like so she's as short as me. She's like five one, I feel uh-huh. like. So beautiful. And yeah, her stunning. whole family, like meeting Mauricio after 10 years ah! of watching this man on this show. I was just living. And my whole band. They were like, <laughs> my guitar player was talking to Mauricio and he was like talking about real estate. And my of guitar course. player has no idea who Mauricio is. Oh my God. He's like, oh my God, that guy's so nice. I was just asking him, like, does he ever sell houses in Nashville? And I was like, <laughs> I was like, Ben, he's he's like a, a multimillionaire. Like he doesn't do real estate. Like he owns a huge real estate, like multi, like multi, continental firm like he, yeah, uh-huh, he uh-huh. literally thought he just sold houses um, <laughs> like he's, I was like he sells like mansions and hotels but um, anywho I'm playing stagecoach next week <gasps> in Palm Springs and I'm gonna hang out at Kyle's house the night before are so. you kidding God. maybe we Wait. need like a like a recap episode of Las Culturistas, where I tell you how that went. We actually, I, I literally, I need, we, you might need to come back and tell, you're playing stagecoach? Wait, is, and what date, what dates is that in, in Palm Springs? So not this Friday, but next Friday. My friend Abe Schwartz is like a huge country fan, huge fan of yours, and he would die. I might have to, we might, we might have to go out there. Tell him to go. It's where Coachella is. It's the same grounds, but it's the week after Coachella. So, so we get all like the dust. Desolate. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh my God. Obsessed. So wait, what, what do you, what do you think of the trailer for Beverly Hills? I mean, it looks insane. Yeah. Like I just, yeah. and I get so invested and I don't know how much of it is real, but just after talking to Kyle at the Aspen thing, it was like the week they were shooting the reunion. Mm-hmm. Like she hadn't shot it yet. And I was so floored that she was willing to talk to me about any of this stuff for like yeah. 40 minutes. And I was Ugh. like, what, Erica? Like, what is she going to do? And I was so, I was like, three glasses of rosé in talking to Kyle after my show. Yeah. And I was like, 
honestly, maybe Erica should do like a charity show in LA where she just brings all of her clothing and just auctions it off and uses that money to give to the victims. She just doesn't want to do shit like that. Kyle was like, that has never occurred to anybody. How could Least it of not? all her. Because the ethos she's like putting out there is that it's like, I don't know if it's editing in the trailer, but it's like, I don't give a fuck about anyone but me. Like, I think that like sums it up. I think she's being herself. Totally. But like, like that's that that is, there's a darkness there if we can all agree like oh, oh yeah like you really and she's like man I've said like she's just committed to I'm sorry like she's committed to monster you know like that yeah, is super like villain. the super villain the Marvel yeah. the the like origin story that we're getting for for Erica Marvel could never. Like, Truly. like, no, like, whatever's happening with Scarlet Witch and Marvel with Elizabeth Olsen, it's not even touching what is going <laughs> the, on with Erica nuance. Jane. Like, yeah, we're we're going to be running in the streets from Erica Jane shooting lasers out of her eyes in LA. I can I can feel it. It's like <laughs> she is she is getting to the point where she because even the gays. I'm levitating. Like, yeah, I'm levitating. Even the gays have like thrown her army of gays have like thrown down their weapons. Like, there no one's on board with this anymore except like. Her and I guess Mikey. Is Mikey even on payroll still? Who knows? I don't uh, we know. Have, we haven't seen Mikey in a minute. We is haven't. it going to be like the Cersei thing where it's just like <laughs> she ends up completely like that? Just everyone's like, oh no, not with that crazy. No. Well, and then she, if it, if it is Cersei, then she she blows up everybody in one place at like the <laughs> trial or whatever. Um, <laughs> yeah, Sutton well, realizes Sutton realizes the doors are all locked. <laughs> <laughs> What do you she's, mean? She's not coming. She's, she's not, not showing up. She has no intentions of coming. <laughs> she knows what's going on. <laughs> what What other franchises do you watch? Are you like a Bravo super fan or are you Beverly Hills? Is that really your thing? Curious. I, I mean, I've watched New York. I feel like I only have the bandwidth and emotional bandwidth to deal with Real Housewives of Beverly Hills. Which is totally, totally fine. From season one to now, it mm. has consistently been great television. Mm-hmm. Like there's mm-hmm. just not a dud. No. I mean, even the ones that weren't that good were still really good. Yeah. We're involved. Even the, like, even in the, the Carlton season is like, I, I'll watch it still. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Carlton. It was so funny on the reunion when they brought up Carlton and Garcelle was like, who is Carlton? And he just, and he just goes, well, yeah. <laughs> My favorite, my favorite line of Carlton's is when Kyle gives her like that necklace, and she's like, "I gave you a necklace, Carlton. How can I not like you?" And she's like, "It's in water. <laughs> it's in water." <sighs> like That's she's cleansing the necklace. Oh my god! It's, Honestly, it's in, in many ways, Beverly Hills was a song of ice and fire between Kyle and La- La- and Lisa Vanderpump, and I guess sort of fire one over ice. There, but now really, Erica is representing ICE. What is, what is your read on Rinna? Like, what's your temperature on Rinna? I mean, I feel like it's got to be just her <laughs> amplifying a personality. I yeah. I don't know Soap if you were, yeah, like I don't know if you were just on your couch watching Netflix and drinking with her on a Friday night. She would be giving you that. Oh, you're so angry. Like, yeah. I don't you think are. that's her. Yeah. I think she'd probably be kind of like a down-home chick. I could yeah. just be completely misreading it because I've no, done it before with people. It. But um, I don't know. Like, what's y'all's read on her? I haven't met her. Right. I think Rena has her gears and, like, 
she's she's got the housewives gear. She's got like the e red carpet gear. Like she, she knows QVC how, gear. QVC gear. Like she knows how to like be her own like variation. Yeah. I mean, to put food on Ryan's table, I don't know if I would do all that. Like, a, I don't know if I would do a diaper endorsement. I think I would just be like, <laughs> it's not going to work out. Like, we're going to get divorced. Like, I won't, I won't wear the diaper. <laughs> full stop. Yeah, full stop. No, but yeah, she really has no shame. I think, well, first of all, I do. Like, Gar- Garcelle's done a diaper endorsement recently, too. Sorry, just putting that out there. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. see, that's, uh, yeah. that, that's almost like shady. A little bit. That's almost like stepping on the on the turf. I'm fascinated. I will say, um, the diaper cartel. Diaper cartel. I do identify in many areas of my life as a Rinna because I can't help myself sometimes. (laughs) Wouldn't Rinna be iconic to be on Watch What Happens Live? Really? Because you you know she's going to start shit right in front of you. Oh yeah, and she's also like kind of even more outrageous on Watch What Happens Live sometimes than the actual sunglasses and her insane. Yeah. And she's like flipping the camera off. Yeah. Yeah. Last time she was on, she was like, she was starting chaos all over the place. Yeah. She was like, I'm going down in flames on my own terms. Yep. Garcelle also always starts shit on Watch What Happens Live. There's like, there's always something that pisses someone off about Garcelle. Like the other day, I forget what it was, but of course there was the iconic thing of her saying Denise wanted to come back, but someone had to go. And then it was a whole thing (laughs) on the reunion. Yeah. I fucking love the show. It's, we were in Fire Island shooting at the movie coming out, and one of my favorite days. I just texted Bowen and Joel about it. Was we woke up on a Wednesday, on like a on like a weekend, and we just watched the episode where Dorit said, "I don't understand it in four languages," <laughs> and we were like, "This is the best show on TV." <laughs> I don't understand it. Oh my god! Oh, it's so good. There's a new sparkling water beverage from the makers of Bubbly, Bubbly Burst. Refreshing bubbles, colorful bottles, and playful smiles galore. Bubbly comes in a variety of six fun flavors that taste incredible, and with no added sugar and low calories, there's a lot to smile about. Each sip adds a burst of fun to your day. I don't know about you, Matt, but it's my perfect beverage for catching up on all my favorite shows with. Yes, baby girl. And the resealable bottles makes them easy to take them on the go. Bubbly Burst has antioxidant and immune support, too, keeping us feeling great all day long. Hey, try new Bubbly Burst. Snag a job is where America goes to hire with the deepest talent pool in hourly hiring. With access to over 6 million active hourly workers, Snagajob is the all-in-one solution for hiring high-quality employees who can cover all your needs. On-demand, tempt to hire part-time or full-time. You name the position. Warehouse worker, retail associate, grocery store clerk, fitness trainer, baker, stylist, bellhop, podcast producer. Yeah, Snagajob's got a worker for that. With our easy-to-use platform, you're able to seamlessly post and fill available positions quickly with a dedicated customer support team to provide all the help you need along the way. Kind of nice knowing you have a talent pool like that in your own backyard, right? Snagajob is the partner you need to keep your business running smoothly. So visit snagajob.com or text snag to 242424 to talk to an expert. Snagajob.com, where America goes to hire. 
Hacks is back for season three, and so is the official Hacks podcast. In each episode, Hacks creators Lucia Agnello, Paul W. Downs, and Jen Stadsky speak with cast and crew members to unpack the Emmy-winning comedy series. You'll hear Hannah Einbinder and Jean Smart speak to their on-screen dynamic, along with Hacks writer and actor Pat Regan, on how their improv experience helped them when shooting scenes and what it was like writing scripts for specific actors. You'll also hear from crew members like the costume designers on what it was like creating the world that Deborah and Ava inhabit. Hear stories from the show's writer's room, on-set antics, and more. Watch Hacks streaming exclusively on Max and listen to the official Hacks podcast on Max or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, it's Bowen, and I want to introduce you to the new Cantina Chicken Menu at Taco Bell. Yes, it's an all-new chicken menu with fresh new ingredients, great as a lunchtime option. Taste for yourself the slow-roasted chicken, pico de gallo, purple cabbage, and new avocado verde salsa sauce. With new menu options like Cantina Chicken Tacos, burritos, and quesadillas, there's something for everyone. And Taco Bell isn't just for a late night. With this new Cantina Chicken Menu, you, the possibilities are, well, endless. Try the new Cantina Chicken Menu at Taco Bell now. Now, I said. All right, well, we have to move to I Don't Think So, Honey. This is our one-minute oh, segment shit. where we... <laughs> you're going to do great. Where we rant about something in culture, and mine actually is sort of on topic. Oh, I really? Okay. Yeah. Um, all right. So this is Matt Rogers' I Don't Think So, Honey. His time starts now. I don't think so, honey, that it seems like Kathy Hilton is going to be the villain of this season. Uh-huh. I am not on board. And this is so classic because you come on, you're a fan favorite, and then they try to get you the second season. It happened mm. with Denise. I don't want it to happen with Kathy. Now, are the rumors that Kathy apparently called Sutton Strack's assistant a fag when he couldn't put a bag on an airplane? Yes, those <laughs> are the rumors. Is that bad? I do think so, honey. But yes. is it not also a little funny for me as a gay person to think of Kathy Hilton sitting there in a corner watching a little gay trying to get seconds. a bag on a plane and then saying fag? I I don't think so, honey. I think that's kind of funny. I really do want to see it. Um, this is the problem when you tell people like Kathy Hilton that they can say fag. They might. They I don't might. think so, honey, that we won't be able to enjoy Kathy anymore, the hunky-dory of it all. 15 the, seconds. The, the, the portable fan of it all. I kind of want Kathy to just be what Kathy is. And I don't think so, honey. This is it's going to be a tough reunion for her, which Garcelle said on Watch What Happens Live. Five I don't seconds. think so, honey, that we can't just enjoy Kathy. Please, I don't think so, honey, us chasing Kathy away. Let Kathy be Kathy. Hope Kyle and her are okay. I don't think and so, honey. And that's one minute. <gasps> oh, my God. There- and agreed. All, all counts. Yeah. <laughs> There's something about a woman that gay people love saying <laughs> fag on a plane that just kind of is like, it, it's okay. Azealia <laughs> Banks did it. You did it today. It it wasn't on a plane, but Maren did it, and we and and she is allowed. I asked permission. You asked permission, and and you were you were referencing a published work. A quote. I was quoting quotations (laughs) of published works. Yeah, and um, Kathy Hilton doing (laughs) it. But I, I don't think that's the that's the villain narrative for her completely. Her being locked out of that store that is going to. Make me pee my pants laughing. <laughs> I can't believe it. Just the richest woman in the world, like pulling a door and Erica Jane being like, don't get it. Don't open that. <laughs> really good. Really I, wa- I, I want her to stay pure, but I don't know if she will. Apparently it's bad. I don't know. I mean, she's untouchable. Like, no, I'm sorry. True. She'll be yeah. like, oh, what? You, she's like, oh, what? You don't want me on Real Housewives anymore? Peace the fuck out then. <laughs> yeah. I got to go back to my fucking hotel Man, that I own. Good. Yeah. <laughs> All right, Bowen Yang, do you have a topic, sweet dear? I 
think so. I could I could do another. I could do a Beverly Hills one, or I could do something else. What well, What do you think? I Matt? think you should do whatever your heart desires. I'm gonna do a Beverly Hills one, but it, I'm it, obsessed. It, it's gonna be a little bit of a of a downer. All right. Oh yeah. Okay. All right. Bowen Yang, bringing it down. <laughs> and then I'll, and then mine will be kind of like in the middle of the great. two. So okay, that's great. Perfect. Perfect. Yeah. perfect. Okay, perfect. This is Bowen Yang's. I don't think so, honey. This time starts now. I don't think so, honey. Crystal Kung Minkoff coming off as like a full <laughs> sob story in the trailer for this season. I need her to go back to the way she was beginning of season, what was it, 12, 11? Mm-hmm. The last season where she was like fully in Sutton's shit, like making her have a mental breakdown every episode. Like I need that <laughs> crystal to come back. I like the, the eating disorder thing is really, really, really vulnerable. And it's really amazing that she like wants to open up about that. But I need Crystal to be 30 funny, mean. And I'm sorry to say this word, but bitchy again. <laughs> That's what that is so powerful for her as this like wealthy Asian woman to project on the TV, like in a way that's different from like Dragon Lady. It's different from Tiger Mom. It's different from Crazy Rich Asians. It's a new type 15. of Asian woman that we have not seen in the media. Like bitchy Asian lady who can like tear down a white woman at a fucking backyard dinner party situation. I need her to wear five seconds allegedly ugly leather pants and make a southern <laughs> woman lose her mind. And that's one minute. What we need is iconic, rich Disney wife. Yes, that's all I need. That's all I want from Crystal. I mean, she can be, of course, she is this multidimensional woman who like has her struggles and it will be very important for her to talk about this. Um, It seems like it's really going to be sad, though. Like she's 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 really struggling with that. You know, like it's it's tough. It's happening on Jersey right now with Jackie Goldschneider. And what what I'm really appreciating about it is is such a vulnerable thing to talk about. And Crystal, Truly. I think I, I, I almost think Crystal couldn't come back unless she talked about it. Uh-huh. And I think the good thing about when they do bring this onto the show is that they're making a public and concerted effort to get better. Yes. And yes. that that's agree, that's agree. and I, I so I'm in full support of it because I think even if it's not like, you know, iconic like soap woman like it is like something that's her real life and all i want all i want is for her to you know feel good about herself because she's so beautiful i love crystal completely agree she's been so vulnerable about it and open about it on like podcasts and interviews and i think this i hope this is another piece of that um i just hope we get uh some airtime with her being like you know the crystal that like I fell in love with, but I, I don't want to like dictate or predicate the version of herself. She should be on TV. I just hope that we don't lose some of that. Is yeah. All. What are your crystal thoughts, Marin? I really liked her. And I, I feel like in that season where she's introduced and she's talking to Sutton and you kind of like <laughs> think of Sutton as the villain when she's like, Oh, are you that girl? Like the, I don't see color uh-huh. girl. And she like yeah. clocks her and she gets so defensive. No, no, it, I'm not talking uh-huh. about this. I'm not talking about this. I was like, yeah, Crystal's Heller because like yeah. so many white women needed, needed to hear that that year of all years, especially. So yeah. I was just like, hell yes. And heiress to Lion King. Like, I don't know what could <laughs> be more on. iconic. Truly. Um, so I'm hoping that like with editing, they're just trying to make the trailer look really mopey. Yes. But I think that it's actually going to be a lot lighter when it actually yeah. comes out. So that's yeah. just my thoughts. There was also that scene where like with Erica, w- with just Rinna and Crystal, where they're clearly at someone's home and they're dressed to the nines. And Crystal says to Erica, is it that bad? And Rinna goes, yes. <laughs> I, there's there's no housewife like Rinna. It's I'm really sorry. Good. She is oh a my plus. God. She nails her line. 
Yes. She really <laughs> does. She knows her line. Rennifer Colch. Oh, so angry. Rennifer Colch finale. Um, last ep- yeah, Rennifer Colch finale. Last episode of Last Coach Reese. Says everyone, whenever it happens, Rena. It's going to be Rena. <laughs> Just Rena, not us. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> You're going to win a Peabody. <laughs> <laughs> Finally. <laughs> um, okay. Marin Morris. Are you ready okay. for that? I don't think so, honey. Yeah. I think so. This iconic moment in history. Okay, this is Marin Morris's I Don't Think So, Honey. Her time starts now. Okay, I don't think so, honey. Music trends on TikTok, and I don't care <sighs> if I come across as a jaded <sighs> neo-Luddite boomer with this <sighs> perspective. But as someone that likes TikTok and will continue to use it after this read, I cannot <laughs> deal with the laziness of music label old guys thinking in the last two years them not having to put any money into creativity, into music videos, into award show performances, into touring. They yes. think the only way they can make money is off of a TikTok trend through music and a 12-year-old making up a dance with only their upper body and it has no swag. <laughs> I cannot imagine <laughs> my own seconds. songs popping to that. And I love TikTok, but yeah. it is such a lazy way of old guys in suits to make creatives feel like they're only content creators and I just can't and I think that like label guys to TikTok music trends is like Gretchen Wieners to fetch like it's not <laughs> going to happen <laughs> and that's one minute wow You're thank so you right. so much for saying this and this is the cra- this is the most this is the craziest example I can think of is Matt did you clock that Demi Lovato released a cool for the summer sped up version because the song has been trending on TikTok. People are doing their little dances. Great. We love it. But then they released a sped up version of cool for the summer, a song that is like at this point, what, like six years old, mm-hmm. like a sped up version just to like get streaming dollars, chasing a, it down, chasing it down. But it's like, this is so fucking transparent like it's just for the tiktok dance of it all that all people are doing on the tiktok app is just speeding speeding up the sound to like double speed or pitching it up it's like which is great like that helps with the dance but it's like this is not a way for like music suits to like make money it's so stupid our engineer doug who's worked in the music biz for for years says amen okay amen. Yeah. hot engineer doug says amen we love you doug i mean there's 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 a time and a place, but for it to only be the way of the future, it's just so soulless. And I just feel like it just makes everyone on this like conveyor belt of like musical fast food. And it just kills creativity. And for those who have done well with it, I commend you, but it honestly makes me hate the song sometimes where I only hear four seconds of it. Uh And then I'll see that it's like nominated for a Grammy. And I'll be like, wait, this is the part I heard on TikTok and this is the whole song. It, yeah. just, it makes me go out of my way to not listen to it, honestly. It's unnatural. It's not like the way that we consume. It's And even if it's like supposedly the new way we consume media now, like uh, like in this, at this length, it's like, it's not how it should be necessarily. I don't know. It's And, it's, and also, yeah. you know, we, we talked to artists, like we had Betty Who on and I talked to um, someone who's a Love recording her. artist. I won't name him, but like he was saying that his label was like, you have to have a TikTok hit and a huge TikTok presence or like we won't push the music. We Julia Michaels won't. has talked about that. Oh. Yeah. Julia so Michaels, talented. who's written like one of the, like some of the biggest pop yes. songs of the last decade has yeah. said her own label. Like she put this on Twitter a few months ago where she was like, if it doesn't go viral immediately on TikTok, 
they just don't promote it. And it just sucks because it's like not everyone is treated that way, but it's becoming like such a like like a closed door business where that's yeah. there's no creative like the, everything is just sort of put on the same chopping block. Yeah, mm-hmm. like this artist, and you even see like Florence and the Machine unwillingly but begrudgingly doing TikToks because she'll say my label is making me do this and all yeah. she does uh-huh. is sing like acapella and her fans love it. So like right. that's totally in its own way poking fun at it and it's yeah. pure but it's still like her being Florence and but yeah she's like my label is making me do this <laughs> it's just like I love I love like the artists that are at least like reclaiming ownership over their own like platform of art and right. it not just being this like very see-through marketing tool they shouldn't yeah. be put in that position in the first place where like you are really pushing all of your creative instincts into like a mold that is like the size of a fucking like pinhole you know it's like how are you gonna like write how is that the objective to like write a song that like will fit into like a four second little dance anyway i know yeah when um when are your next shows in la and new york because we want to come see you so I'm doing the Hollywood Bowl. Oh, I've never yes. done the bowl. What the hell? Oh, that'll be great. When? Um, wait, I'm looking it up. Uh, it's Sorry. So, it's so chic that you don't know. It I, actually is no. very chic. <laughs> no, it is. <laughs> well, I was trying to actually do two dates at the Greek um, because that oh, was like the last you would be sick at the time Greek. I played LA. I just saw Charlie XCX at the Greek. She put on an amazing oh show. Oh, yeah, I'm so jealous. I actually saw it on TikTok. Um, <laughs> I, saw, I saw Casey at the Greek right before the pandemic. I saw Maggie Rogers. The Greek is insane. Yeah, but I couldn't because of COVID and all the backed up tours that are getting rescheduled. Oh, I couldn't yeah. get two consecutive nights. So right. I was like, let's just do the bowl. So do we're the, doing the bowl uh, October 13th. Oh my and gosh, end of July, there. Radio City. Yes. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm doing there. that July 29th. Okay, we're gonna come to both. I'm gonna go to New York and go to that, and then Bowen's gonna come to. I'm LA coming to LA to go to do that. The bowl. Not, oh my unless, god! Unless Bowen has to be on Saturday Night Live that night. Not end of July. <laughs> oh no! Oh, in, 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 October. in October. No, it, it doesn't matter. Tell him. It Lauren, doesn't matter. I'm Lauren, I gotta go. Um, this was so fun to get to talk to you and meet you in person on Zoom, etc. Blah blah blah. But um, your album is so great. I mean, so, and, so and like, and especially at a time when they're pushing like you know, the TikTok bullshit. Thanks for making like such an capital A album and you're just the best. Thank you. Well, hey, um, you guys, like whatever you need, like I want to meet you at these shows or let's meet up we're when we're all in the same city, but please come back and say hello. Yeah. Oh my God. hundred percent. If no. you'll have us. It's, it's, I mean, we, we admired respectfully at the Bowery Ballroom. I'll, I'll take anything I can get. If it's just a little wave or anything, but we we love you so much, Maren. Truly, this was I love y'all so so special. Thanks for coming on. Thank you for having me. I'm always gonna check my DMs now. There you go. Wow, you got it. You got to be checking the DMs, and that's actually for everyone out there. You have to check the DMs. We end every episode with a song, and Bowen, you know the one it's gonna be. And I'm curious to know what keys we both choose. Is it Woo Bitch? No, it's not. <laughs> it's it's one of yours. Feel like a heart And to hear the rest of that, you have to listen to Hero, but stream Humble Crest. Stream Humble Crest. Come <laughs> stream on. It all. Bye. Bye, y'all. 
There's a new sparkling water beverage from the makers of Bubbly, Bubbly Burst. It's bursting with fruit flavor, no added sugar, and all smiles. Bubbly comes in a variety of six fun flavors that taste incredible. And with no added sugar and low calories, there's a lot to smile about. I don't know about you, Matt, but it's my perfect beverage for catching up on my favorite shows with. Yes, Lil Bowen. Bubbly Burst has antioxidant and immune support, keeping me feeling great all day long. You deserve that. Try new Bubbly Burst. When the music of Celine Dion makes sweet Canadian love with the Oscar-winning film Titanic, you get Titanique, a campy, unhinged, chaotic night out. Find out what really happened to Jack and Rose on that fateful night from Celine Dion's totally real and historically accurate perspective. Some say Titanic is the best gay nightclub in the city, and those people are me. And me. So set sail with this cookie crazy off-Broadway hit and get tickets today at titanicmusical.com. Get tickets today at titanicmusical.com. You know that I feel like it's really important to express yourself. I know that about you. You got to put your true self out there, okay? And those classic Crocs, clogs, and sandals let you do just that. Between the rainbow of colors and the gibbets charms, you can create a unique look. And I mean, literally, no one else will have shoes exactly like yours. Hey, you know, it doesn't get more comfortable than Crocs, clogs, and sandals. They're just the perfect blend of comfort and creativity. Visit crocs.com to explore the latest styles and gibbets charms. Canva presentations might be the most visually impressive presentations you'll ever use. Start with a stunning template, use it as a springboard for your design, add images, graphics, charts, and data visualizations from the massive media library. It's easy to wow any audience with Canva presentations. Canva presentations are perfect for any deck you want to design for work. Sales decks, marketing presentations, onboarding plans, you name it. Any department can nail their presentation with Canva presentations. Perfect, record, and share a talking presentation for people to watch on their own time. You'll appear in a video as a talking head on the slide, and it's the perfect solution if you can't be present in person or if time zones are tricky. Nail your next work presentation with Canva presentations at canva.com, designed for work. 